You're listening. You're listening to a University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky. 万里学院播客。During the summer of 2013, a delegation of University of Kentucky faculty had the opportunity to travel and teach abroad in China. The trip, organized by the Confucius Institute, placed 29 faculty members from UK at the Shanghai University. Among those who made the trip were College of Arts and Sciences members Ernest Yanarella, chair of the Department of Political Science, visiting lecturer Dr. Rita Bazare, and associate professor Julia Johnson of the English department. Each had profound and unique experiences during the trip that they say will certainly impact their teaching back here at home. First, we spoke to Professor Yanarella, who discussed the challenges and opportunities of teaching political science in China. What was the experience like of teaching over there versus over here, particularly in the field of something like political science, where maybe not everything is. On the table, discussion-wise, as it might be elsewhere, it was both challenging and an enormous opportunity for me. In China, political science courses are ideological courses. Their introduction to to politics courses are straight Marxist ideology、uh, courses, and they they really do not have the kind of rich curriculum. That、uh, students here experience. I, as a as a political scientist、uh, from the West, took it as an opportunity to、uh, focus on、uh, really two things. One, the issue of democratization.、Um, I continued to have trouble trying to figure out. How I should characterize these students? Should I call them citizens of China、uh, or inhabitants of China? Certainly, calling them citizens involved presuming that they voted, which they don't. Presuming that they had extensive civil liberties, which they don't. And so, it was a real、uh, dilemma for me. And so, I presented the、uh, arguments for democracy and tried to、uh, engage them in talking about how they influence their government, which is essentially a party state.、Uh, was this your first time going to China? This was my first、uh, opportunity to go to China, and as someone who was very interested in urban planning and urban sustainability, I could not have、um, been any luckier in the choice of. The、uh, first place to land in China and to to teach and to observe. Shanghai is an extraordinary、um, city that、um, provides many many lessons in、uh, the area of urban planning and、uh, and sustainable development as well. One of the first assignments that students had involved a field visit to the、uh, Shanghai Urban Planning. Exhibition Center, and this seven-story building was just a museum to both the past, the and the future of Shanghai. And by by all accounts,、um, the Shanghai government and the national、uh, Chinese government、uh, are intent on bringing、uh, Shanghai into、uh, a much 
better relationship with uh, their surrounding environment. Also along for the trip was Professor Johnson, whose writing class explored the nuances of poetry, language, and the effects of translation. My goal was to teach a course to Chinese students that would be very similar to a course that we teach here at UK, which is the introduction to imaginative writing. Because the session was only two weeks, I decided to limit the session to poetry. That was one reason I wanted to limit it to poetry. Another reason is because it's just that poetry is shorter. And so students who do not have English as their native language feel much more comfortable writing poetry because of the, the length of the, of the work. So we talked a lot about the themes that are popular in Chinese poetry from an early time until now. War, nature, family. We talked about how some of those themes are not as prevalent in some American poetry. So we talked a fair amount about that, but mostly it was a writing course. I wanted them to to really have the experience of, of writing in English. And I would love to be able to share maybe one, maybe my favorite. This is a poem by Ma Hao Fang, who's, and her English name is Sherry. Beautiful Falling. Feeling soft wind, pure white feathers, fondle clouds. Sky is my world. I'm a freedom swan. All of a sudden, a surge of heat waves arise in my body. I glance a black muzzle of a gun, a terrible angle on the silent ground. Then I fall, bright red dims my sight line slowly, slowly, with lamentable tears falling, with my energy passing, return to the soil I was born. Isn't it really good? Yeah. I know. I mean, and part of it is the difference in the language that makes it interesting. I think some of the turns of phrases that aren't exactly, you know, grammatically mm -hmm. correct, I think that's what makes them really good. <laughs> now that you're back, mm -hmm. like, what are you, what are you bringing back here? Because part of going over there is to bring something back as well. Mm -hmm. I think what I've taken back with me is this kind of desire to introduce my students here in Kentucky to China somehow through exchange, through poetry, through, you know, a visit. I mean, and now with technology, I mean, I could have my students Skype with students in China. I would love to be able to do something like that. The role of translation was something that also struck visiting lecturer Dr. Rita Bazare, who identified with the students who were learning in English for the first time. She also discovered that her teaching style of direct engagement with students translated well across cultural boundaries. And my class is very interactive, so the students were phenomenal. I'll give you one example. I merged science and arts, and I do role play. 
So the students um, for this class, uh, the science behind what we eat, the one group of students decided to um, show us how five students taking the role of uh, each one, taking the role of one fruit. So how, how five fruit wanted to be the best fruit in the whole world and competed um, in a debate form in front of class. And they came up with the script, they came up with what they wanted to say, and all of it was in English. And these are students who, they've studied English from when they were children, but then again, they never spoke in English. And I understand that full well. When I came here, um, I moved from India to the United States in the early, in the late 70s. And I used to think in Bengali first and then translate into English and then speak. So I understood full well what they were going through. But they were absolutely amazing. I'll show you an example of a letter that a student wrote. And I think that summarizes how the students were apprehensive. And then they realized that they liked this teaching method. Uh, the name is Xiao Zhang. So I'm Xiao Zhang, student from your class, the science behind what we eat, and I'm writing this email to thank you for giving me such a wonderful class. To be honest, this is the first time for me to join in a class using English all the time for two weeks. It's really different from the classes I took before. I used to be a student, lack of confidence. Although I've been changing these years, I still feel a bit nervous while speaking or performing in class. And the first day I went to class, I was worried I would be too nervous to do well. But it's really you that made me do better and better. Team-based learning is perfect for me. With my teammate around me, I was more confident to stand in front of the class and showed myself. And that made me feel great. I can't say that I'm full of confidence now. Maybe I will be still nervous when facing a lot of people, but I'm changing. At least I'm not afraid of standing up and talking. That's an incredibly honest letter. Makes me choke. So sweet. All of these different ways of teaching science and for me to learn uh, the arts part of it from the students, it opens them up. It, it's, it looks like it's working here, but definitely it worked in China. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences, the Department of Political Science, and the Department of English for making this podcast possible.